Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why does making friends as an adult feel so what hard? What should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a But that Why is was not good. So what do I want my life to look like in five years? We, we want to know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now, we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Every Girl Podcast. I am your host, Josie, and we have a great interview for you guys today. You've probably heard of Kat Jamison from her blog with Love from Kat. Or maybe you've seen one of her stunning home tours on The Every Girl. We'll link them in show notes, but I try to copy them exactly for my home because when I say that her style is impeccable, it's literally breathtaking. Like her Venice home inspired me to move to LA. I'm not even kidding. Kat is well known for her amazing style and fashion, interior, and lifestyle content. But today we actually get into her healing journey and the wellness rituals she used to improve her health and feel better. Personally, I loved all of her tips, and I know you guys are going to get so much out of her wellness content. I can't wait for you to hear. This episode goes all over the place in the best of ways. We talk about boundary setting and managing energy and exercise routines, and we even talk about relationship tips, and she's a really, really good one. I had so much fun recording with her. She has such an amazing energy. So with that, please welcome Kat Jamison to the Every Girl Podcast. This week's review comes from the OG Taco Bell, love the name, who writes, I am loving the podcast. I've been a reader of The Ever Girl for a long time. It feels like every topic hits home at some point in my life. And now the podcast is no different. The episode on building and maintaining friendships was truly spot on and then quickly followed by valuable info on your pelvic floor. I mean, wow. Keep them coming, The Ever Girl. We need more of this amazing content. Thank you so much, Taco Bell. Um, please don't forget to DM us at the Evergirl podcast to get your Starbucks gift card. And for everyone else, don't forget to leave a review. It really helps us know what you're liking what you want more of, and it helps our show grow so we can provide you more inspiring content. Now let's get into the episode. Just a brief disclaimer before we get into the episode. The goal of our wellness content is to inspire you to become your healthiest self in whatever way that looks like to you. We believe that every body is different and we encourage you to be an advocate for your own health. Please consult a doctor or medical professional about your health goals and concerns and never disregard a professional medical advice because of something you hear in an episode. Okay. First of all, Kat, I have to dive into more about what you just told me off air about your Palo Santo, your drinks. What are you doing currently? What's your wellness situation right now as we're talking? Well, before we officially started recording, I was telling the ladies that I love to 
have always a million liquids around me. So I have an elderberry Manuka honey tea next to me right now. I have a water in my favorite slim cup. It's I think that's how you say it. It's this Amazon cup. It's insulated. I bring it everywhere with me. And I also lit some Palo Santo to kind of have this more chill vibe before we podcast. So I've got all the things. I'm just missing the crystals. <laughs> I know. I'm like, where are the crystals? Come on. <laughs> no, I love it. You're such a detail girl like me. Like you're just exactly what I need is the niche details. Give me the brands. Give me the exact type of Palo Santo. I love it. Yeah. So you're all vibed out. I'm I'm honestly inspired because I have my like my three drinks at a time at my desk, but I haven't done the Palo Santo in recording. I really got to do that. It sets the mood. You know, yes. I think there's something about a scent, especially Palo Santo. It's so calming. Yes. Totally something like round you and oh my God, I need that. That's so great, Kat. Okay. So to get us started for the people out there who are unfamiliar with you, I'm sure there's very few of them. But let's start at the very beginning. So where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? Like, let's go way back. So I grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona. My dad is Japanese. He grew up on a farm. And my mom is an East Coast prep. And they could not be more opposite. So I come from very different backgrounds, but I love it. One thing that they do have in common is they are both incredible cooks. And I literally had every meal home-cooked growing up, which I'm so grateful for. Uh, So that made a really big difference. And I stayed in Arizona through college. I went to ASU for interior design. And right after that, I actually started my blog with Love From Cat. Wow. Okay. So you were like one of the OG bloggers. So how did that even come about? Like what made you think I want to start a blog, especially if you were right at graduated college, you said. So like How did that process even come about that inspired you to start with Love From Cat? So after college, I realized I held all these amazing interior design internships. And I realized that I actually didn't want to become an interior designer. And so I actually said, you know what? I have no idea what I want to do with my life. I think I'm going to start this random blog website. I saw Fashion Toast doing it. I saw Cupcakes and Cashmere doing it. And I thought, how cool, you know, this is kind of a new thing. These women are talking about their outfits. They're talking about what inspires them, trips they're taking. So I kind of used it as an online portfolio and just a place to hold all of my creative thoughts. It was truly a creative outlet. No one was reading it at the time and it was just a hobby. And then shortly thereafter, I moved to New York City. I didn't have a job. I was still writing my blog just for fun. And I decided to put it on my resume. I don't know why I had all these other great retail jobs and again, internships, but I thought, you know what? I am really proud of what I've built, (laughs) even in the six months. And maybe a future employer would think my website's cool. And it actually got me my first job in New York City. It was really a conversation starter. And the woman said, wow, I checked out your website. That's so unique that you have that. I love you know, the designers you spoke about. So it was immediately this common ground that we could find. So I'm really glad that I put it on my resume. <laughs> oh my God. That, I mean, that's amazing that you even had the confidence to be like, I'm doing something that very few people are doing. And not only am I going to like go all in and really put my effort into it, but I'm going to put it on my resume to show other professional people. Like that honestly is a lot of confidence 
to be able to do that. I feel like now, you know, now everybody has their own website, you know, everybody's getting into blogging and influencing and knowing that there's such an opportunity to make money, but that was before there was like all this like money and influencing, right? So what do you think like helped you set yourself apart from other bloggers? Like what was it that when you put your website on the resume that that person said, this is amazing. I love this. I want to talk more about this. I'm really impressed by it. Like what advice do you have for influencers or people wanting to get into blogging? So I've always been really creative and I've always taken anything I've put out there really seriously. So from day one, even though it was just sort of an online portfolio for some of my design work and just for, you know, to catalogs outfits that I was excited about, I really took it seriously and I viewed it as a business. So I created my own header. I Googled how to use Photoshop and, you know, did graphic design. I was early on Pinterest, early on, I think it was called Google Follow Connect or I can't remember. There was like that that thing where you could yes. follow bloggers. It was like a Feedly. <laughs> and I just really dove deep into the world of blogging, how to run a business, how to run a website. And I think that impressed her because at the time I was only 22. And it was funny, I wasn't even qualified for the job. So I ended up taking a job doing PR and social media for a small jewelry company in New York City. And she said, well, it looks like, you know, you do have a Twitter, you do have this website. I can tell you have a good aesthetic through the colors you use, the graphics and photos on your site. You know, I'm willing to hire you. And so I'm really glad that I created it to look professional and I took it seriously from day one. Yeah. You were so smart to see it as a business and a brand before those words were even discussed. Like you, you really were um, kind of very much ahead of your time, I would say, for my opinion, and seeing it as a business, a portfolio, um, a way to jumpstart your career because that was not a thing like it is now. Jumping ahead to your book, which I know is what we're here to talk about. I'm so excited. I think it was an amazing, totally natural next step for you. Like It's kind of like, of course, you're going to have this stunning, beautiful book that I want to put on my coffee table. Um, so I want to dive right into Blended. First of all, what inspired you to compile all of these amazing recipes and tips? Like, how did you get from Kat, the blogger at 22 that was showing your blog on your resume to now having this entire empire and having a book? So we'll go back to that 22-year-old Kat. And she was so excited to be in New York City, working in the fashion industry. I was writing my blog at night after work. And I was truly living my dream. And over the years, blogging started to become more popular. I was able to reach out to brands. And back then, you know, you could Facebook message brands or DM them and they would actually respond. And it was so neat. My blog took off. I was able to quit my job and everything really took off from there. I was traveling all over the world, living in the West Village, going out every morning and night, just living this fast paced lifestyle. And while that was so exciting and amazing, I started to get really, really sick. I would come home and I would be doubled over in stomach pain morning and night. And I didn't know why. I didn't know what was going on. I thought, you know, I'm not eating anything that different. But what it was is going to coffee meetings in the morning, having something really acidic 
and then not eating great, you know, eating on the go or random meals throughout the day, and then having something really acidic like wine or an alcohol, you know, alcoholic beverage at night, it was just wreaking havoc on my system. So I was 26 at the time and I started going from doctor to doctor. And I remember this top gastroenterologist in the city, she said, we did an endoscopy. We found severe inflammation in your stomach lining, but I don't really have any recommendations for you. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, like, should I change my diet? You know, what do you think I should do? She said, you could pop some antacids for the rest of your life. And I thought, okay, I don't want to take medicine for the rest of my life. I'm, you know, pretty healthy 26 year old. This is crazy. So from there, wanting to figure out and find answers for my, you know, my health, my stomach issues, I dove down this deep, deep hole. So I went to a New York City nutritionist. I went to the top Victoria's Secret nutritionist. And it was interesting because they all told me such opposing things. One said to take a million supplements and go vegan and eat like really raw, healthy food, which is, you know, I do love fresh veggies and fruits, but that wasn't realistic. The Victoria's Secret nutritionist said, go paleo, eat whey protein bars and, you know, these whey protein shakes. And that made me really sick. And so I found myself spending thousands and thousands of dollars and going from specialist to specialist and still not having any of the answers. And so finally, I said, you know what? I think I need to change my entire life. Like, this is so exciting living in New York. I have such a great you know, thing going here, but I think I need to just put that on pause for a little bit and like prioritize my mental and physical health. So I actually moved to Venice Beach and I really took a step back. I was still blogging, still working, but I stopped prioritizing fashion quite as much and going out and I started meditating. I started talking more about food, recipes, grounding tips, you know, workouts I was doing. And as I was sharing that on my stories, I really noticed my followers were getting so excited and it was one of the most frequently asked about topics next to fashion. It was wellness. What was I eating? What was I doing? They were opening up to me about their stomach problems as well. And it was during that time that I started to think, gosh, wouldn't it be cool to share my story and create a book of recipes and inspiring tablescapes, kind of fuse my love of food and design together. And really have this book of healthy recipes, you know, some gluten-free, some dairy-free, but some not that I could turn to during the week that other women could turn to during the week and feel really good about themselves after making these meals. So I kind of combined everything I learned over the years. I healed my digestion, my gut, and I put all of my secrets and those recipes into this book blended. And that that is such a great summary of it because what what struck me, even just like, you know, looking through it is that there's not a lot of combination between wellness and aesthetics. I want to say like wellness and lifestyle, like it's very much either here's a lot of wellness tips to heal yourself or there's fashion. There's not a lot of crossover. So I think it was actually pretty revolutionary for you to say, here's a lot of healthy recipes that have helped me heal. And I know you share a lot about your healing journey 
Plus, here are some gorgeous tablescapes. Here's some way to entertain. Like it's almost making the statement that to be well and to be healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice a social life. Does not mean you have to sacrifice, um, you know, a, a home you feel good in. You know that there is the the crossover there that's available. And I don't think a lot of people are putting that message out there. So I think that that was a really powerful thing that I took away from Blended 100%. Um, going back to your healing journey, because I have so many questions, obviously, all about your wellness journey and kind of what, what you've gone through. A lot of people listening are in the point where they are having those stomach issues or they're having symptoms and they're going to doctors who are telling them, you know, go on medication for years and that's all I have to tell you. And then they're going to different doctors telling them something totally different. And, and it's so confusing. What kind of helped you find clarity? Like what helped you even know which route to take to find healing? So I am really glad for, even though there were many mishaps along the way, I'm so glad that I talked to probably 50 different, you know, nutritionists, doctors, healers, because what I was able to then do is take a little bit of information from each of them to really figure out what was right for me. And we're all so different and there really isn't one size fits all. There's not one cure or one answer. So doing this self-discovery journey, it was so important for me. And I encourage other people to do that as well. You know, don't just read one book and then follow that book for the rest of your life. Don't just go to one doctor and necessarily follow that doctor's protocol for the rest of your life. You know, get a lot of different answers and compile and compose together what you feel is going to work for you and your lifestyle. And for me, what ultimately ended up working was such a combination of things. And that's why I felt really passionate about writing this book because, you know, you see these gimmicky clickbait articles that's like, you know, go paleo and immediately drop 10 pounds or, you know, heal your gut with this probiotic. And again, it really is so many different things. So I'll share a few things that have really, really helped me. Number one, meditation has been so incredible. I've been doing it for seven years now, every single day. And I talk about the meditation I do in the book and it's grounding for me. You know, I would wake up so stressed and my stomach would be tight with anxiety. So, you know, the food I was eating was upsetting my stomach, but it was also anxiety. It's mental. So that's really helped me hot water with lemon in the morning. It's warm. It's alkalizing. It gets my digestion going. You know, it's something so simple as that, but doing that every day consistently for years has really set my body up to be like in its prime. And then doing green juice, you know, making a fresh green juice. Yes, it takes a few minutes and, you know, it's, it's work for sure when you're tired and sleepy in the morning, but I literally cannot go a day without green juice. And now I've gotten my husband hooked as well. He's like, I'm not even kidding. He's addicted. And when we're on vacation, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll skip today. He's like, oh no, I'm going to walk <laughs> to this juice place I found online. Get us juice. Like it's so crazy to see his skin glows so much more. He's lost weight from green juice. He feels so good. His digestion feels better. So those three things I would say, you know, I have many other tips I share in the book, but those three are my top three changes I made in my life that I do consistently every morning. And it just sets me up for the day. I, 
I know I'll have a better day when I do those three things. Yes, those are such key ones. And I think that the what's so amazing about them is that like anybody can do them, right? Like they're so simple. They're so easy. Anybody can find a green juice. I even just like, I always tell people I have a Nutribullet and I just like blend celery. Like you don't need a fancy juicer or you know, so they're very tangible things anyone can do. And I, I have so many follow-up questions about your morning routine in general that I just want to know every single micro detail. But before we get into that, I want to go back to what you said about meditation, because I think that that's a very, very, very interesting thing that not a lot of people know is the connection between stress levels and digestion. And I think I've found, um, I'm a health coach as well. So I found a lot of people as soon as they start meditating and they've been talking about bloating and, and digestive issues. And it's like, as soon as they start meditating, even if it's like before a meal, they're like, it's like a magic pill that I just took and my bloating's gone and I feel better. And it's just not something that, that is talked about a ton. So can you talk a little bit more about your experience and like, does it really make that much of a difference for you when you meditate? Um, do you meditate before meals and that helps? Is it just like meditating in general? Like, tell me more about this because I just need to know more. Definitely. So meditation is so interesting because I think people think, oh my gosh, I can't quiet my mind. I can't sit still for 20 minutes. That's so boring and that's so hard. But the thing is, it's not quieting your mind because it's actually impossible to stop having thoughts. It's literally no one can do that. So what I like to tell people is, don't worry, you don't have to quiet your mind. It's not going to be boring. It's actually a strategy session for you and your brain. So you get to sit in a comfy chair or in your bed. And for 20 minutes, you get silence with your mind and your thoughts. And I think that can be very scary for some people, but I use it as time to go through my to-do list, time to go through, you know, how I'm feeling about a certain relationship in my life, um, something I'm stressed about, something I'm excited about. Randomly, a cool idea will come to me during a meditation. I get some of my best, you know, ideas and creative thoughts during that time. So it's kind of a way to just work through whatever's going in your life and take that little 20 minute break to yourself, which we all deserve. And it's like, if you think about the 24 hours in the day, taking 20 minutes isn't a big deal, you know? So I do it first thing when I wake up, I have my hot water with lemon and then I do my meditation. My little dog sits on my lap. (laughs) He loves it. I tell him, okay, we're going to go meditate. And he goes, oh, and he runs out. No way. Oh like, my I gosh. Swear. <laughs> That's how you know if you've trained your dog to like meditation and your husband to like green juice, like you've, you've made it, you've done it. <laughs> it's funny though, because it's, you know, for years, just to go back to the green juice, I tried to get my husband to green juice with me. I was like, try this. I swear it's going to help, you know? And he was like, no, no, I like to wake up, have eggs in the morning. Like, no, I'm good. And finally he started to do it and he saw such an improvement. And so it's cool how the people in your life, you don't have to force things down people's throats. It's like, they start to see the improvement and they're like, Ooh, I want a little bit of what she's having, you know? And I think that's like the way I'm trying to approach this book and talking about wellness. Cause I do think so many people not to go on a tangent, but in the wellness industry, they do try to force it down your throat, or they try to seem holier than thou, like they know all the answers and this is the way to do it. And I just never want to come off like that towards women. And I want 
everyone to do what works for them. Like I can sing the meditation benefits and praises all day long, but maybe it's not the right time for you to start it in your life. And maybe two years from now, you'll be like, you know what? I'm actually going to do it. And that's great. Everybody should do what works for them. You know? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's such an, an important part of it. And I think even being like a media resource, like the ever girl, we have um, very much stressed, no matter what we're posting, the only expert on your body is you. So it's all about an individual approach, whatever feels good to you, you know, the bio uh, individuality where all of our bodies are different. So while green juice is amazing for your husband and for you and for me and for a lot of people, it might not be the thing for everybody. And I think that that's, that definitely does come across in your book is that these are just tips that have helped me take them, experiment with them, just like you've done in the past with, you know, advice from doctors and other experts, you know, that you can take what works and then leave what doesn't. And I think that that is really important in the wellness space because a hundred percent to your point, there's a lot of people out there that's, you know, kind of like, this is the one way to do things. This is what you should do. There's like fear mongering. And, you know, if you don't eat this way, it's going to be really bad for you. And um, so to, to stress that the healing and the growth actually comes from within us, not from external factors is, is a huge, huge, huge point. So I wanted to stress that while you made that amazing point. I know we totally took a tangent, which is amazing. I love a tangent, but I need to hear more about, so the meditation practice you do in the morning for 20 minutes and that even you still feel the difference throughout the day with your digestion. Yes. So what meditation has done is it kind of relaxes my stomach muscles and you know, I think if you're stressed, they can say you hold a ball of stress in your stomach. And that's really true. So it just kind of relaxes and eases my stomach, which then in turn eases my digestion. So I found that I digest food better. My digestion runs faster because of meditation. I feel healthier, more alert. You know, I was suffering from brain fog from so many years. So meditating has helped with that. And honestly, just a little bit of social anxiety. I think that since COVID, you know, I'm kind of more of an introvert. And so I was used to being on and go, go, go. And I would really like push and force myself to be more on. And everyone who's an introvert out there can understand. Doesn't mean you're shy, but it just means when you are willing to go be social, you really make that choice and it, it is an effort for you. And so that would create, you know, social anxiety a little bit and stomach tension. So doing the meditations really alleviated some of that. And I feel a lot more comfortable and I'm able to recharge in different ways um, than I was before and kind of regulate. I don't know. Are you introverted or extroverted or, you know, either way, you know, it, it's so funny because everybody will always think I'm extroverted because I love to talk and I'm very loud. But exactly what you said, like when I am being social, it is a lot of energy and I need to like go home and recharge and be alone. So I've always said I am an introvert, but you wouldn't know that because I think there is this misconception that like introvert means you're shy. So I, I totally get it. I think that that, you know, what you brought up about social anxiety is a very interesting point because there's obviously like, like people see you and they see Kat and they, you know, see your amazing, wonderful life and, and thinking that there's no like mental health issue there. And I think that that's why it's so important for all of us to be discussing mental health. So can you talk more about that social anxiety? Like, did that come up just from COVID or was that something that you've kind of experienced for a lot of your life? Yeah. You know, I think what it is, it's been a battle with myself 
to be like ashamed of being more introverted. You know, I grew up being really into the arts. Um, I loved being locked in my room, playing with my dollhouse and, you know, doing art camp over sports. Like I'm not a team sports person. That was way too much energy and stimulation for me. I've just always enjoyed more quiet activities, you know, reading in a cozy nook in my bedroom. That's the kind of kid I was. And my sister, on the other hand, is very outgoing, you know, soccer captain and had a million friends sleep over. Like we would have our whole living room with 18 beds, you know, like laid out. And I just preferred one-on-one time with my friends, you know, going to the mall, playing in my treehouse. And so I always felt shame for not being like my sister, not being as outgoing, crazy, wild, wanting music and the TV on all the time. And I think that over the years, that continues to grow because most people, if you're, especially in New York City, especially in my industry, you're out and about all the time, you're entertaining, you're going to parties, you're on the go, you're traveling. So I never knew how to self-regulate and really be true to the core of who I am, which is I need to recharge. I need to go back in that reading nook and just have no music on, have dim lights and just kind of self-reflect. And I wasn't doing that for so many years. And so what was a blessing about the pandemic for me was getting that un kind of... um interrupted time to really, really reflect. And I learned so much more about myself during that time. And then of course, now events are happening again, we're all out and about. And I think we all, you know, even extroverted people kind of got anxiety of, oh my gosh, everything's going to be crazy in full swing again. You know, the parties, the small talk that, you know, it's going to be like, you have to go, go, go. And after that, I said, you know what, I need to carve out a couple of days a week where I don't have plans. I don't go to events. I'm not filming. I'm not, you know, being in front of the camera. I have to create this really private and quiet life for myself on the other side of the camera that that really nourishes who I am. It's hard to do. I will say, especially in my line of work, I'm such a public, you know, figure and like front facing being in front of the cameras, my job. But I think finding that balance has been so, so important for my peace and my, you know, inner self. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I think it's so smart of you to realize that and say, okay, I'm going to dedicate three days or however many days a week where I don't have to think about that at all. I think that's a really great tip for people who do experience like, just like the stress that comes with the energy of being out and and being public facing. And even, you know, obviously your, like you said, your job is to be outward facing. And I'm sure even on social media, that gets really draining in itself. Like, is that another factor for you that you think, you know, besides even just the events and being on camera and having to go out and kind of be that public person, but also on social media, like, do you have kind of like boundaries around social media that have helped you too? Yeah, I think anyone in my industry, I think we all feel some sort of pressure again to be on the go and show this fast-paced lifestyle, which a part of me really is like that. Like you would never meet me and think, oh my gosh, she's shy because I do love being out and about. I love a party. I love talking to people. I love traveling. 
but the other half of me like really needs that downtime. And I think I just want to, with this book and just anything I put forward, just to share that you can be both, you know, you can, we all need to recharge. We all have a part of ourselves that's more social out there, loves to party, but then we all have a part of ourselves. that's like, I need to be quiet. I want to self-reflect and meditation's cool. You know, I really wanted to make a jet set lifestyle and meditation cool and like combine the two. Cause I didn't see anyone else doing that. It was just yeah. such things, right? It's like, you're a wellness person and you're so, you know, quiet and grounded and you're like always, you know, in like yoga pants and just living this <laughs> perfect lifestyle running through the grass. Like, I don't even know. I'm like, okay, that's not <laughs> my bare feet on the beach and like living. Right. It, it totally, it's like its own right. separate life. Yeah. yeah. Or you're this party girl jet set, always on the go every fashion week, you know? And so I thought, gosh, there's got to be other people like me out there that you can be both. You like both. And honestly, how do I thrive being in the public eye and how do I thrive at my job? I thrive by doing a lot of the mental health, physical health practices that keep me grounded and keep me balanced. So yeah, it it sounds like you have a very clear sense of here's how I manage my energy, which I think is a really hard thing for people to even like identify that they need balancing. You know, that's why so many of us reach burnout is because we don't even know till we get to that point where we're like, I'm drowning and I'm exhausted that we even have to think we need to be managing our energy better. And you seem like you just really have a great handle on here's exactly what I need. Here's how to kind of keep myself inspired and energized. So I I think that that's really impressive. And that definitely comes across in the book is like that balance of here's how I have this, like you said, like the jet setter, fun party girl going on trips and the grounding, balancing, you know, wellness part of you. I think it's so important to show that there are two sides and that we all have those two sides and we should be prioritizing both kind of equally. So going back into like the energy balancing, I know you already gave such good tips for your morning routine, but I want to hear like from the minute you wake up until like you start work and, and all you get into your day, but like, what are you doing to set up your day so that you feel that kind of energy management throughout and you feel good? Definitely. So I wake up, I have hot water with lemon, I meditate, I go downstairs, have green juice. Now my husband makes it, which is amazing. <laughs> I have to the do best. the best. No, he's so, I'm telling you, it's, it's hysterical. He like goes to the <laughs> at 7am, gets the ingredients, makes it I'm like, who are you? And it's great because I'm not a morning person. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we so yeah, you're like, go ahead, make my green juice for me. <laughs> <laughs> and something that I've started to do recently is I usually, we all run low in vitamin D. And so before I put sunscreen on, which I know my friend Rita is my dermatologist, she's going to kill me. But I like to go outside with like something that's not covering my chest. And I like to just get natural sunlight on my face and my chest just to get that vitamin D to kind of, you know, start the day. It really tells my body like, okay, this is, we're ready to go. This is the morning. And then I intermittent fast. I, you know, probably eat around noon, but I don't count the hours. I'm not restrictive about it. If I'm starving at 1030, I'm going to eat. Like, it's just, I think that, again, it's so important to 
not be looking at your phone, counting down the hours or counting calories. I've never want, wanted to be like that. And I don't want other women to be restrictive like that either. But I will say intermittent fasting and you know saving some time between when I wake up and when I eat, it's been really helpful for my digestion. I usually have like a big salad and some kind of protein at lunch. And I always have my cacao smoothie, which is in my book. And it's very energizing. Looks very delicious. I eat it every day or I drink it every single day. Um, and that really helps get my morning going. You know, sometimes I'll go for a walk with my dog. Being in nature is so helpful. I leave my phone at home because it's like I'm always on my phone. So just getting away from being on my phone is so helpful. And now that we live in the suburbs just outside New York City, I like to walk barefoot in the grass to kind of ground myself. I love this. Talk about this. Why do you do this? Very woo-woo, but but it actually really works. And there's something about like the earth's energy field with, I don't know, I don't know the exact terminology. You could probably tell me more, but there's something about walking barefoot in the grass or sand and it kind of recalibrates and really calms you down. And I actually do notice a huge difference in that. You feel a difference. So are you taking your dog and you're like walking around the neighborhood barefoot? In my backyard. In your backyard. Okay. I was like, that would be the most iconic thing to see Kat just walking yeah. around in her neighborhood. Okay. I love it. That would be terrible. Listen, that's the next level. That's where we're all headed is like, we're just going to walk around barefoot. You know what? Maybe next we can talk and maybe that's where I'll be. Who knows? Maybe that's the next trend you're going to start is just like, screw shoes. Like we don't need it anymore. <laughs> but it, it really, I totally agree with you. It's great. I love that. It, right. In the backyard, in the grass or in sand, it's amazing if you can. But you know, for me, that was so rare living in New York City. I didn't have access to that. It's not like I'm going to go walk around, you know, Washington Square Park with my shoes <laughs> I was you could have. That could have been awesome. You know what? I probably could have. I probably would have found some weird things in the grass there. Yeah, but, yeah. True. You know, and I would do that when I lived in LA as well. I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to move to Venice Beach because my body, it, I was gravitating towards the ocean, the sand. Like I needed that. I knew somewhere deep down, I was like, I need to feel this grounding from mm-hmm. the ocean. And it really, really works. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you. It does sound very woo-woo, but for anyone who's interested, you can Google either grounding or earthing is another way I've heard it. And it, it literally is just like connecting your body to the earth in some way, like really helps. I think I've heard it's like the negative ions, something about the the charge in your body, mm-hmm. which again, sounds so woo-woo, but everyone go Google it. Maybe we'll um, link a source in the show notes because it really is like there are studies about it. So I, yeah. I feel the same way. I feel like so much more calm when I can if like I to do a video feet. barefoot, you know, around my neighborhood. I will do that to show you. Like I'm going to get a video camera out to the suburbs of New York, watch cat walk around. <laughs> that would literally be hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it really, I mean, that's the next step. It really is. We're just going to keep walking around barefoot. We're going to keep doing all the woo-woo things. We're going to get our crystals out or Paulo Santos. <laughs> I mean, I just beyond love it. And and so I, I love a lot of your tips in, in your book. You obviously have so many amazing wellness tips that I am selfishly going to steal for myself. Absolutely. 
Um, I especially loved the section, the 15 things that improved your life. I think that was really an amazing, like so many great tips. I definitely don't want to give away all the tips because I want people to go read the book. It's definitely, uh, it has so, so, so many great advice and great tips, but can you share like a few of those and why they made such a great difference for you or even just like the number one top? Definitely. Well, I touched on some of them, meditation, lemon water, green juice, those things to set up your day and set up your morning. I think what you put into your body, the first thing you, when you wake up, it's so key. It's so important because your digestion system is going to run off of what you feel it with. So for my girls who start the morning with coffee, I'm going to say, please try to do lemon water and then do coffee. I actually, my best friend has been working with me for five years and she was that person. Wake up, make a pot of coffee. Like she cannot speak to you unless she has coffee. And I said, please, can you just trust me? Try lemon water. And then when you do have coffee, have food with it because she was getting terrible anxiety. She was getting like sweats and chills and nerves from, you know, it's adrenaline, it's caffeine. And all of that cortisol was rushing in her system first thing in the morning. And she actually has been off coffee for three weeks now. I'm so proud of her. She has it like at 3 p.m., like way later in the day. And she's like, I feel so much calmer. I feel so good. And she's lost weight actually as well. So, Wow. I'll, I'll just like delaying coffee till later and kind of like hydrating eating first. Yes. Yes. Wow. But another, one of the things that I talk about really improved my life was doing low cortisol workouts. So talk about this. I love this. It's like funny because you think, oh my gosh, berries and I want those abs and soul cycle and this intensity. You want to feel like you're drenched in sweat. That must be, you know, what means I'm doing great, burning a ton of calories And so I was all about that culture for a long time, especially living in New York. I was doing SLT. I was doing all the hardest workout classes, you know, soul cycle berries, but I wasn't losing weight. I was actually gaining weight and I didn't feel good. I would feel really depleted after. And so I always loved yoga, but I just thought, well, I'm trying to get more tone. So there's no point in doing yoga. Well, luckily... I stopped that thinking and I let myself just try more gentle workouts. So it doesn't mean they're easy, but like a mat Pilates class, again, a yoga, more circuit training, like slower movements and with lighter weights, like a two pound weight. And that has changed my body. I'm longer, I'm leaner, I'm tone. I think a big thing was the cortisol levels, like a very intense workout. I already have high cortisol levels. So it was raising them and increasing them so much. And if you have a lot of cortisol, you never burn fat. It like works against your body. So doing again, these slower, more meaningful workouts has been key for me. And I do it two to three times a week. So I'm not working out every day and not all about that. (laughs) Um, And that's really just improved my body and my mental health. That's really a powerful statement. Like that really is because it's for so long, we've been told work out more, burn more calories, sweat more. Like you gotta be, like you should be sore by the time. Like we have all this narrative around exercise when in reality, exactly what you're saying, that it's it's causing so much stress in our bodies. And we actually just had Elisa Vitti, who's a, a hormone expert on the podcast. And it was 
great episode. Okay. She, everyone needs to read her book, Flow Living. That changed my life. I was so excited to see you had her on because when I was struggling with my health, I literally dove down every avenue and looking at my hormones was one of them. And so her book was incredible for me. It gave me so many answers and I still eat for my like follicular phase or something. I think yeah. that's what you call it. Yeah, like Around the cycle sinking, right? Yeah, right. So kind of cycle sink a little bit with you know the food I eat. I'm not doing super intense workouts around my period. It's it's incredible. So oh my god, that. yes, I love that. That's been a resource for you because same for me. I was like, this changed my life. But I think even for the mindset of it, because it, it totally is going against everything we've ever been taught, right? About exercise and and doing more, more, more. And it's rewiring our brains to think that a yoga flow is exactly what our body needs. Our body doesn't need more. Sometimes it does. Sometimes we'll feel you know, a lot of energy and want to go for a run or whatever, but our body doesn't need that every single day. It's actually doing the opposite effect. So I love that you're bringing that up because I think we cannot talk about that enough, that low impact, that relaxation, that taking rest days should be prioritized just as much as moving your body more and and doing more reps and all those things. So um, do you do like 30 minute yoga or like what's your exact kind of workout routine right now? So every Tuesday, Thursday, I go on Zoom with this wonderful trainer. She's actually based in New York and she guides me through a 50 minute Matt Pilates class. I literally just roll out my yoga mat and we do a series of moves and it's stretching and it's core ab, you know, planking. It's, we use two pound weights, lots of different things, but doing that has, it's really helped my posture, number one. And then also just, again, like I said, my mental health, because I don't feel so depleted and drained after I feel lighter and just overall better versus a berries class, which like you said, yes, it's fun every once in a while. But doing such intensity, the dark lights, the music, the body to body, you know, it's rushing to class. I'm yelling at you. Yeah, yelling at you. And even like trying to get to the parking lot on time. I eliminated all of those stressors, right? And I literally just roll out my mat and I'm doing a workout in the comfort of my home. So I think that's another thing the pandemic taught me is how can I simplify my life and how can I reduce all of these outside stress things. Like, like I said, the parking or, you know, being stuck in traffic, rushing to workout class. If I'm able to just work out from home. That's amazing. And I, I now do that, but there's a lot of great online Pilates classes that people always ask me that they're like, well, I want your trainer's number, but PilatesClass.com is one. I think like Melissa Wood Health. So there's a lot of great, like pre-recorded Pilates sessions. I love that. And I think that's such an amazing piece of advice too, is not even just the workout of it, but like, how are you working out? Cause you're so right. It's like the, okay, got to leave right now to get to class on time. And like, that's my biggest thing is I'm late to every workout class ever. So I'm like rushing and my cortisol levels high. And, and then, so before you even get to the workout, it's the stress about all the other factors surrounding the actual movement. So I think that's a really great point too, it is rethinking where you can simplify your life and remove that cortisol and that stress like ever since I've started working out from home more, I feel such a difference in my anxiety too. Like just even the cortisol around the workout in itself is really impactful. So I think that's such great advice. So on the days that you're not doing the the 
class with your trainer on Zoom? Are you, is that when you're going on walks? Maybe you start going barefoot walks. We'll see. But like, what are you doing on those off days? Yes. So I try to take, you know, even just a 10 to 15 minute walk with my dog, you know, outside in nature every day, um, if not every other day. On Fridays, I like to do a little, you know, circuit training. So I jump rope for a few minutes. I do some burpees. That's where I get kind of a little bit more cardio in. I use um, this amazing guy. He was my trainer at Gotham Gym in the West Village for years. And we just FaceTime now. So again, I'm not leaving and getting in my car and rushing to get anywhere. So that's great. I love doing that. And I love mixing, again, the Pilates up with a little bit more of that cardio. But that's really it. I mean, I'm, I've been at points in my life where I've worked out six, seven days a week. I'm trying to kill myself. And I don't do that anymore. And I'm in better shape now just doing the right workout for me and my body than I was doing and spending so much money on these classes. So I think with anything, it's I've learned the biggest thing is being intentional, being intentional yes. with what you eat, what content you consume, what workouts you do. And you know, I don't keep my phone near me when I'm doing my workout because that's my workout time. Like I'm focused on that. And I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah. That's another great like boundary setting tip. A hundred percent is to like have your time intentional, even if it's a workout, if it's, if you're making your smoothie, you're making your green juice and you're just having the intentional time to remove the phone. Um, So I think that those are really amazing tips. And obviously you have so many more great tips and I'm so excited for everybody to read in Blended. The topic I've been dying to ask you about um, before we wrap up, your wedding was stunning. I want to know every detail and I know we don't even have time for that, but what was the wedding process like for you? Like, was it really stressful? You seem like you were very like low key, like non-bridezilla bride. Oh my gosh. Thank you. It's so funny getting married post pandemic or during like a COVID period because, you know, obviously everyone's weddings were getting canceled, rescheduled left and right. And I always knew I wanted a smaller, more intimate wedding, but obviously with COVID and all the changing guidelines at the time we were planning the wedding, we thought, okay, I think it's best just to do immediate family, which is what we did. It was 15 people. It was so intimate, special, lovely. It was in Nantucket, which is this beautiful island I grew up going to. And we were able to bring in our own table linens and plates and just things that really, you know, meant a lot to us. And it was a beautiful evening. It was actually a full moon that night, which I don't know into moon stuff, but my husband was born on a full moon and I was like, this is very serendipitous. So it's just so special. And we, we really did unique elements. So again, like I said, we brought in our own plates because it was on a small scale and I was able to really fine tune the tablescape details and, you know, the flowers and we use local blue hydrangea from Nantucket. So that was really nice. And I liked being able to just interact one-on-one with my guests, which so many people at a big wedding, it's like, you don't have time to see everybody. You don't have time to connect with some of your guests that have traveled so far. So I was able to connect with my girlfriends at my bridal shower and bachelorette. And we had so much fun doing that. And then Thomas did a bachelor party. Um, and then, you know, obviously we've been able to celebrate one-on-one with dinners with friends who didn't come to our wedding. 
but I'm, I'm happy we did just family only, especially for the time period. And now it's been, can't believe that was over a year ago, but wow, it's been a year already. Oh my God. That does feel very recently that I was like, what is this stunning wedding on my feed? Oh, well, when you get married, I'll get all my tips. Literally, please. I will have so many questions, a hundred percent. But it, that I love hearing those little details. Like it was the full moon, and and you got to bring in like your special, you know, plates. And and because I think that obviously everybody can see how like stunning and gorgeous and amazing it was. But it, to feel that special, like to know how it felt like for you, I think is really is really cool. And I think that definitely is, is a great part of having a small wedding is that you don't have to be like onto the next and, you know, rush to the next person and trying to get everything in. It's like, you can really be present and enjoy it. So I think that it sounds magical. How many people was there? I know it was only family, but how many total? So it was literally 15, which is crazy. Amazing. So small, (laughs) but I, I, I wouldn't do it different. I really wouldn't. And I encourage anyone that's going to get married or thinking of planning their wedding don't feel like you have to follow the rules. Do what you want to do. If you want to have it really big, great. Go really big. If you want to have it really small, great. If you want to wear a pink dress, wear a pink dress. You know, I love I mean? the pink wedding dresses. Love it. I think don't feel like you have to follow any of these. Like, I don't even think I did something blue. I, I didn't wear something blue or something mm-hmm. borrowed. Don't feel like you have to follow these kind of archaic guidelines even with, we monogrammed napkins and usually for the woman's monogram should go first, but Thomas is the T. It just looked better first in our monogram. So I did that. And it's like, just, you know, it's your day. So do whatever you want to do. Yeah. You're so right. Um, I know you've been with Thomas for a long time, right? Like seven years, eight years. It's funny. We have known each other for eight years now, but we didn't date. We only, we went on one date. We didn't speak for four years. I moved to Paris and then I moved to LA. (laughs) And then when I moved back to New York, I'm a little bit, I I love to travel. I love, you know, living different places. Then when I moved back to New York, I met, I reconnected with him a week later or was it three weeks later, really soon after. And boom, it was like, I knew he was the one it was just on. And now it's been three years. So, okay. Three years you've been together, but you've known each other for that long. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Do people tell you that your life sounds like a movie? Like you lived in <laughs> Paris, you came back to New York. Like, do people tell you that a lot? Cause it really does. I definitely go to the beat of my own drum. And <laughs> Sagittarius in me, I'm a free spirit. You know what I mean? I, I just do what works for me. And sometimes it upsets people along the way. Sometimes it inspires people along the way. And I just, I think you just have to do what makes you happy. You know, I (laughs) I always follow intuition. I think that's the theme in my life is I'm so, so big on intuition. And Mm -hmm. if something feels right, like I go after it wholeheartedly. And if it doesn't, vice versa, I let it, I let it just be. So yeah, to have that strong intuition of I'm only going to do what feels right to me and I'm going to totally let go of what doesn't. Like, I think that's a really powerful thing that definitely a lot of people don't feel like they can tap into enough. So I think that's so awesome. Um, speaking of what feels right to you, do you have any like tips or rituals or anything that you do in your relationships to make sure that your relationship is successful so that you both feel 
happy, like anything, any advice you can share to have the successful relationship you've had and to make your partner make you green juice. Cause I still want to know how you got him to do that. <laughs> so I would say my number one piece of relationship advice is to read the five love languages book by Gary Chapman. That book is incredible. It's a very short read. And basically it talks about how each and every one of us on this planet have five different ways that we receive and give love. And, you know, we each have a priority way, like a number one way. So for me, I love words of affirmation. I love talking and connecting and hearing feedback. I mean, I think it's a big reason why I do what I do. For Thomas, on the other hand, though, he doesn't give a lot of words naturally. That's just not something in his family that was encouraged. And he just prioritizes spending time, physical time with the person, but hanging out in a casual setting, not having these deep philosophical conversations. (laughs) Right. We've been able to realize that in our relationship, which is great. And I'm able to ask for more words. And I have no problem just saying, hey, you know, I really want to know, what did you think about this project I just did? Like, do you think I could have improved? I'd love your feedback. And in the past, maybe he would have said, no, it looks great. It's awesome. You know, good job. Now I say, no, can you really give me some more tangible advice, feedback? I want to have an in-depth conversation about this and what I could fix, what I could improve. And so he's really stepped up to the plate in that sense. And vice versa with him. For me, I'm kind of more independent. I don't need a lot of quality time with people, like physically together, talking, a conversation on a phone, let's say with my dad who lives halfway across the country. That's really nourishing for me. Whereas he wants to be in person with people. And so I've seen that and I've made a conscious effort to spend more time with him, his friends, his family. That really means so much to Thomas. That's his love language. So I would say to every partner, just find out what your love language is, your number one one and the other person's and speak to them through those and prioritize those languages. Because you could really love someone, but maybe you're not speaking in their language. So they don't even know, or they're not able to understand you love them. And this book really helps you understand that. And hopefully... I explained enough. I think the book will help you know, explain. I don't know if you've read it. Have you read yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. And I've written an article about it. I'm so into it. So you yes. explained it so, so great. And I think it, it really is a life-changing thing for a lot of relationships because you totally can spend a whole relationship thinking, they don't really love me. Like they're not the right person all because they're showing you love in a totally different way than is how you receive it. So even that that almost like mindset of, I receive love in an individual way that's going to be different from how they receive and give is in itself, I think, really profound for relationships. But but you explained like that was such a great example of like the way that you can, can change your behavior to make sure that the other person is feeling loved and that you both are feeling content in the way that you kind of like naturally, intuitively feel love. So I think you explained it so well. And that totally is like, I mean, anyone who reads that book is like, it changed my relationship. So that's such a good tip. Like so... So amazing. Everyone go read Five Love Languages. It's a game changer, 100%. Kat, oh my God, I have so many more questions for you that I could go on and on and on, but we're going to have to wrap up. I'm so sad. But I have some last minute um, rapid fire questions to throw out at you before we totally end. So the first one being, what's your coffee order? So I'm a matcha girl. Matcha with matcha. 
Oh, with <laughs> coconut milk. Okay. Does it make it more like, is it like thicker coconut frothy. milk than like frothy? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's Thai kitchen makes the best two ingredient coconut milk. It's just coconut and water. You can get it on Amazon in a carton. It's so good. Oh my God. That's such a good tip. And what matcha do you like? Ceremonial grade jade matcha. It's linked on my blog and it's on my Amazon storefront page too. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Everyone go find and buy it. Cause I'm for sure going to. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite movie? Ooh, I know it's cliche, but breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, just the best. That is really, I could watch on a repeat all the time. Okay. Your desert Island product. If you got to pick one product to bring with you. I know this is hard. This is a hard one. Oh, the Laneige lip mask. <gasps> oh, the like the sleeping overnight mask or whatever it's called. Oh, yes, but I actually use it as a lip balm throughout the day. It's so nourishing. Oh my God, that's a great tip. Yeah, I use it anytime. I love that. That's such a good one. And then last question, what is a book, a podcast, a resource, a movie that has changed your life that you would recommend? Besides obviously Blended. I have just started listening to Jay Shetty's podcast and I am so inspired by him. The episodes are quite short. They're only 30 minutes, but he really packs a lot in. And he actually just talked about the Five Love Languages book as well. He is so wise and I highly recommend everyone listening to that. And obviously I love the Every Girl podcast. Oh my gosh, Kat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's such a good one. It's one of my new faves. So oh my gosh. <laughs> you are the best. You're the best. Okay. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can buy the book, follow you on Instagram, all the good details. So my Instagram is Kat Jameson. My website is with And the book is theblendedbook.com. Thank you so much, Kat. This was so much fun. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 